Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for another episode of Death Is Not The End. I am the Ethan Guy, your celebrant and guide on this journey. And today we have a guest on who proves that death really isn't the end. So today on Death Is Not The End, he's something you wouldn't want to try in a small town. He doodles. It is. It is. It definitely is. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> definitely not. Shooting myself in the foot there because that song's going to be relevant in a couple of weeks. This finally comes out. <laughs> that's true. That's, I mean, that's all podcast is irrelevance. So, how are you feeling now? You're dead for reals. Finally. I mean, it's the second time I've died now. Like, there is a first time we will discuss. <laughs> this is the second time. Yay! I'll try anything twice. I was going to ask her how it felt the first time, but I'm guessing that's part of the story. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I'd be surprised if it's not. <laughs> it really is. Don't worry, guys, I survived. So before you were dead, where could we have found you? Yeah, you find, find me at modernescapism.co.uk and at Dim on X, or whatever we're calling it nowadays. <laughs> Twitter. Um, yeah, I am. I am the host of Modern Escapism, but you all know that because we are the most popular podcast on the internet. It's award-winning. It is award-winning. It really, we're is. all award-winning, really, aren't we? Yeah, well, in his own ways, in his hearts. So, from your musical choices today, um, that have been handed to me by my lovely assistant, Rolf. Thank you, mm-hmm. Rolf. Cheers, Rolf. Lovely beard. <laughs> uh, you seem to be a godless heathen. Uh, but growing up, were you exposed to religion at all? Yes, for the the early parts of my um, upbringing. Um, Jew <laughs> is the best way to put it. <laughs> um, my mum is Jewish, and as you'll find out very soon, I didn't have a dad. I mean, scientifically, I had a dad. <laughs> That, what, I was going to say, a Jew without a dad. <laughs> there, 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 there was a dad at some point, but the religion part of it ended quite rapidly, quite abruptly, actually. It's like one day, guess what, we're not religious anymore, that kind of thing. But we'll get on that as well a bit in, 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 in a second. Um, yeah, uh, I am currently now a um, staunch atheist. However, I do firmly believe in religious freedom, and I am slightly obsessed with religion, I, I I think it's quite good and bad in a, in a way. I, I I just find it fascinating, and religious people indeed, they are just like I'm kind of jealous because <laughs> they've got something to hope for, <laughs> even if it's all lies. Yeah, I've said on the show I'm quite jealous of that whole thing of yeah. There's a backup plan afterwards, and you're just leading up to that rather than this being the actual show yeah it's yeah. the rehearsal oh no i'm doing a really bad job <laughs> or it's like uh formula one we do like a couple of laps and you yeah. do the speed trials and this is where you end up yeah I'm it's in, not, I'm not, not the great end. heaven <laughs> yeah i i i, I think yeah. when i was younger i believed in quite a lot of it but i don't know you just see so much shit and it's really hard to be like, yeah, there's definitely something there guiding us or testing us. I just, no. And I have seen, again, we'll find out more in this show. I have seen what people presume to be God in a very re- religious experience, clouded by drugs. 
So, trigger warning, guys. There will be a lot of drug talk in this episode. <laughs> so, obviously, you know you're going to be heading to hell. You're, you are attempting yeah. to get into heaven. Please. So, if you're inclined to believe in both, mm-hmm. uh, what would await you in both of them? What is your heaven-hell <clears throat> situation? So, heaven for me... This is going to be a really boring answer, this. Heaven for me is going to be more like enlightenment rather than a plane of existence. I'd rather if my consciousness just knew what was happening and could just continue to observe the world as it grows for eternity. I'd be happy just observing. Hell, on the other hand, will be complete blackness. Just nothingness. But I'm aware of the nothingness, if you get me. Like being alone. And that that frightens the shit out of me. And being an atheist, that's probably what's going to happen. And it is quite scary. You wouldn't have a physical body in this blackness. No, it would no. just be no, it's consciousness. A bubble. Think of me as a bubble in the sky. I'm thinking. <laughs> With face. Oh. Just my face. <laughs> A bloom with your face on it, yeah, Sharpie, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, that's it, that's heaven. I just want to, I, I would love to see, and I don't want it in the near future, or I'd, I'd, I'd love it in billions of years. I'd love to see the end of the world because I'm a firm believer that it won't be the end of humanity, I think we'll be far afield, further afield, then, as a, even if it's just consciousness hooked up to some kind of cyber reality. I, I, I just want to see the earth's end. Wouldn't that be fascinating to watch? Yeah, things as a topic of my shows are generally the end of the world, yes. Exactly, mate, exactly. Synergy. So where do you think we're going, like the human race? Are we going to evolve physically, think, or is it going to be like an AI evolution? I think it's an, it's an it's inevitability that the physical form is a hindrance, and it's all about what's up here in, in his heads. So if that can get transferred, if people want to call it the soul or consciousness or whatever you want, I think that's the next step of evolution. I mean, this is millions of years, personally, I think, in future, but that is it. It's not the Matrix where it's all simulation. It's just imagine if, you're, if you could control your consciousness outside the, the corporeal form. That's what it's going to be. I think I'm on the money for that. Easy. So if we have this whole idea of being a simulation, will we still want to think of ourselves as having a physical form like a human body? Or will we evolve to the point where we won't see other people as we are now? I think at first, because as a species we've been so used to having a physical form, there's going to be steps. First, it's going to be avatar forms. We're all going to be not not the film avatar, but avatars of ourselves. Then giant it's going blue to cats. yeah, giant blue cats. <laughs> and then it's going to be more um, concepts rather than avatar avatars anymore. Concepts of ourselves. Then it's going to be we don't need any physical attributes whatsoever, even in this digital or whatever higher plane of existence. And then it's just going to be thoughts and yeah. I, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's there in my head. I feel like I know where it, where it where it is, and I think I think we see we see we see signs of this already happening. Like the phenomenons were like telepathy with twins and stuff like that. Is that is that a, an early stage of this consciousness being bigger than the actual physical body? That kind of thing. 
Hmm. You never know. Unless you're a twin. Unless you're a twin, which I am not. <laughs> okay, so to get into heaven, you'll have to present your life to us as a movie. And to provide the listeners at home with a mood of the piece, you'll be providing a score of popular music. Sometimes mm-hmm. unpopular music. Some very <laughs> unpopular music. Yep. Yeah. Godless heathen. Sorry. So whenever you're ready. I'm ready. Let's go. I, I mean, before. This is a tale about three loves in my life. This is a love story. My life is a love story. And I've, I've done it in chapters. You've seen the chapters. This is chapter one. Early years. We all know this song, The Cure, Boys Don't Cry. The reason I've picked this song is because, I think it's 1979 it came out. I was born... Yikes. I, yeah, that, that, that makes you feel bad, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, this, I was born. this is a 70s song, and it doesn't sound like a 70s song. I think it's quite a timeless tune. But it's mm. one of the earliest songs I remember being a kid, like, from, I don't like... I weren't born in England, but I, I just I like to keep a bit of mystery. At a very early age, uh, the age of um, two days old, my father left. I've never seen him. Disappeared. But you've got to remember, this is all what my mother has told me. Is this true? I don't know. You, do you know what I mean? She's not going to be <laughs> saying nice things about the person that disappeared. Um, I know he's not dead. <laughs> that is one thing. Um, so we then moved to where we are now and where I've been ever since. Pontefract. It's a quaint town in West Yorkshire. Mining town. And I was born in 87. We were, Where I live was one of the last um, coal mines open. So one of the earliest things I remember as a kid is seeing men without jobs. Queuing up outside Dole offices, just men struggling and drinking and just not having a good time. And I grew up on the most council estate, council estate you could ever imagine. I only live about five minutes away from that same council estate now. It was called the Bronx. Now, it took me years to realise that the Bronx is a place in New York and it's named after that because it's rough. But to me, that was my entire world for a long, long time, till I was about 10 years old. And I, I, I don't want to, like, I think, like, podcasting as an art form, it, I, this is going to sound really bad. I think it's quite a middle-class thing. I can't imagine many council estate people listening to podcasts all the time. So I have imposter syndrome all the time because I grew up fucking poor, really poor. But I didn't know what that was. So... The poverty and everything like it meant that myself, my friends, all my and this is like from like five to ten year old little school as we call it. We were all just outside all the time, and I know it's such a cliche for dads and people in the thirties, forties to say, "Oh, we were always outside." I was always outside <laughs> to the point where it wasn't healthy. I wasn't coming in when the streetlights came on. I was out all the fucking time. I'm not swearing this podcast, Anna. No. Oops. 
Still <laughs> like there's gonna be trying to keep it PG. <laughs> I go for it. But yeah, um, knock yourself we was out. Knock <laughs> your fucking self. But yeah, um, Yorkshire in general, where I'm from, West Yorkshire, it's the north. I don't know how, how far you've ventured up north there, Dean, but it's grim. In the Grimsby. Grimsby, that's actually... I think that's, I've been up. I think that's, that's east of me, isn't it? So we're about, about equal, yeah, roughly. Hmm. But yeah, it was, just, it was just a really tough time growing up, but I didn't know it was tough because I was a child. Like, until I was an adult and realised, I didn't realise my mum had two jobs. By the way, I, I did bury the lead. I'm one of seven. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, that's one woman with seven. And I was second to last. Yeah? Mm. So, more or less invisible at some points. So, this is this is just how rough it is. And, like, my oldest brother was an adult by the time I was born. So, he kind of helped out a little bit, but he was a twat as well. Like... One in, for one instance, when I was, like, I think I was six, seven years old, I was, st- <laughs> I was such a weird kid. <laughs> I was stood, st- do you know the, the old Pebble Dash houses that council estates used to have, the grey Pebble yeah. Dash? We lived in one of them. <laughs> and I was stood staring at the Pebble Dash. Do you know them little red spiders you see? The tiny little, mm. on, on brick walls and, and stuff. I was staring at them and my, my oldest brother just came and pushed me into it and broke my nose <laughs> for no reason <laughs> whatsoever. Just because... I don't know. I just wanted to do it. And I always remember that moment and like, yeah, I'm not allowed to cry. And hence, boys don't cry. <laughs> you know, I wasn't allowed to show weakness in front of the older brothers and all the other people. Yeah, you, you had to be. And I'm not a strong person. I'm not a fighter, but I can take a punch. And I think that's the key. And growing up, that was. It was just. Oh, God. I went to. You've seen the film Cares? Yeah. That's that. That's basically five minutes down the road from where I live. <laughs> All the old mining terraces and stuff like. We were considered to have a big house because there was that many of us, and it was council house to put us in a quite a big council house, like four bedrooms. It was like whoa. But can you imagine like seven seven kids crammed? Into, like there's only I've only got two sisters, but seven um, five boys just running around the house. It was just it was just insane. You can't you you cannot grasp how bad it was. <laughs> it was hell. It was hell. But then after all that, I mean, I did the usual stuff, playing on train tracks, you know what I mean? Setting fire to fields, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> Rebelling. But then something drastic happened and this leads on to chapter two, school days. Godless heathen. This song, this song is so good. <laughs> so, school days, 90s, right? Leading into high school. E17 was so fucking good. <laughs> Listen to this tune, man. Listen to this tune. Right, the reason this I've picked this song. For some reason, among all this chaos, I decided to learn how to play piano at a very early age. This has got a lovely piano piece at the beginning, and I learnt this. I can play it to this day. Um, and this song doesn't stay like a piano song, as we as we all know and love. But could you imagine me? Oh God, this is so embarrassing. Ten years old, sat in assembly playing this. <laughs> I did. I fucking did. 
and it went well and I won an award and I got to go on school trips because of this um they sent me around some schools playing piano I was pimped out by teachers <laughs> and something happened miraculously then um I got sent to a a better school because of this not a scholarship but you know what I mean like you don't have to go mm. to the local riffraff comp <laughs> And I was like... You've got talent, kid. Yeah. You're you've going got, somewhere. You've got spunk, kid. You've got maxi. <laughs> and I went to this nice... Uh, I don't think they have this concept anymore, but middle school. Do you know it was yeah, year six, seven, and eight? You do. You mm-hmm. went to a separate school before high school. And I went to this nice middle school. And guess what? For the first time in my life, I was popular because I had a talent. <laughs> and it's... I don't know. There's something... I don't know if you if you're a um, a musician. I know you. I know you're um, a musician with the arts. You're great with a pen. Yeah, I can't play guitar. You can't do anything. Can't do anything musically, no. Yeah, it's I'm terrible. Especially when and, and you, you hear this cliche all the time from musicians and famous people. Oh, I grew up in the roughest area, but I picked up a guitar and I became a god. That's not that. That's not that wrong. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's not a million miles from what happens. And I learned how to play contemporary music, E17, It's All Right, for instance. I think this is 91, 92, maybe? Something along those lines. Possibly, yeah. But what I liked about these as well, what they looked like the people I grew up with. Just chavs. <laughs> what we call them chavs nowadays. But yeah, um, before I digress, I got into this middle school and I became popular. And that's where love number one kicked in love number one I told you it's a love story this is three loves of my life love number one smoking <laughs> didn't expect that did you <laughs> so at 11 year old I tried my first cigarette because the cool kids wanted to hang around with me first time ever I've ever been asked to hang around with the cool kids try this do you know how you have you hear these stories about people smoking and again listeners don't smoke it's bad for you you end up sounding like me <laughs> when, when when people say I took that first sig and I couldn't breathe Ugh. it instantly clicked with me I was like this is this is amazing this is the best thing I've ever done and that was my first love and the first real taste of addiction which is going to be a theme because I was fucking hooked now you got to remember back then as well you only had to be 16 I think to buy cigarettes and stuff it wasn't as hard to get cigarettes and stuff and plus <laughs> The age-old, my mum sent me to the shop to buy herself to buy her some cigs. And the, the corner shop guy went, yeah, no worries, I know your mum. <laughs> they're, they're not for my mum, they're for me. My mum don't even smoke. <laughs> so I became even cool. And this sounds ridiculous, but it made me cool. And I always craved that little bit of attention. It's mainly from men and not in a gay way. It's just men in general. I wanted that. And it's clearly a lack of a father, isn't it? And my brothers being absolute bastards. <laughs> just hurting me all the time. But I, I, I wanted, and I used to have a big gang of lads and we became a bit of a gang. And luckily, we were popular, as I said. We, we got through it. And then we all got picked. Because it was something called friendship groups, I believe, that you picked to go to high school with or comprehensive school or secondary school. 
you 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 wrote a certain amount of people's names down, and you were lucky if you got they you were tutored up with them in the next iteration of school. Luckily, me and my boys, it went through without a hitch, and then we go on to chapter three, <laughs> which is teenage years and my downfall. <laughs> Oh yeah, leather jackets at the ready. Uh oh, welcome to the jungle, baby. You're gonna die. Top hat as well. Yes. So, very obvious choice for a man of my age. I made this random decision the night before going to. I don't know what we have to call it, high school or comprehensive school. I don't know if you have American listeners. But I'm going to continue to say high school, because it was called Minsvorp High School for some reason in Yorkshire, which is very strange. <laughs> but I went to high school the day before. I was laid in bed, just on a Sunday, you know, after, after the long summer holidays. And I had long, blonde hair, just natural blonde hair. And I said, you know what, I'm going to make an, I'm going to make an entrance to this new school with my boys. And I'm going to dye my hair black. <laughs> so, without asking permission, I stole my sister's hair dye. <clears throat> and I put my hair, that dye on like shampoo on my long, long locks. It looked incredible. <laughs> Le bad. <laughs> I ran out nearly halfway, so it looked like I had frosted tips at the bottom. <laughs> but I thought, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it, I'm going to rock the shit out of this. So, luckily for the first year of uh, that high school, we didn't have um, blazers and stuff like that. It was just a shirt, a white shirt and a jumper, do you know what I mean? The typical mm. itchy jumper, white shirt. <laughs> Up walks me <laughs> with this... I think it was... Uh, after after the millennium, so <clears throat> the world didn't end, unfortunately, <laughs> and I was feeling extra chaotic, and I, I just sauntered into this assembly, the first thing, and I remember the moment that people went, <gasps> <laughs> and you know what, most people would curl up into a ball and die. I fucking loved it. I fucking love that people went, what is that? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And from there on in, my downfall began. Because it was, again, you'll get this from, a lot of podcasters don't admit it, we're all fucking narcissistic animals. We all think our voices need to be heard. I learned that from a very young age, that I want that attention, I want people to listen to me, because no one at home is. And don't get me wrong, I didn't, have a, I didn't have a horrible home life. I weren't abused. But apart from my brothers. <laughs> Beating fuck out every day. But by this point, a lot of them had grown up and shipped off to the army. Two of them, at least. Um, <clears throat> I walked in, and I clapped eyes on the second love of my life. Women. I saw this, the only other... How could I say rock and roll goth chick I'd ever clapped eyes on in my life? 
other than myself, because I was a bit of a rock and roll chick <laughs> that morning. And I clocked eyes, and she clocked eyes back at me. And I'd love to say it was love at first sight, but it weren't. She was probably looking in disgust. <laughs> and what did what did old uh, Johnny Big Balls do? He walked straight up to her and went, do you, want to be, do you want me to be your boyfriend? And she went, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yes! The only time in my life I have ever had the sheer audacity to do something like that. <clears throat> and I had a wild, a whirlwind romance at, what, 12 years old? <laughs> 13. We were together for a few years, Holly. Holly and I. And she did bring me down, Axel, she did. She definitely did bring me down. <laughs> Um, it was just, I don't know if you had any, uh, if you had a high school relationship, mate, because not everyone has. No, I got nothing in school. And how this is one of the trigger warnings. I discovered a lot about myself then. I was an early adopter to what they call, um, sex. <laughs> Let's just say. And me and her, we discovered a lot about each other and what we liked and what we didn't like. And we, we again, listen, don't do this. It's unsafe. <laughs> it's unsafe. Don't smoke and don't have sex. It's very unsafe. It leads to tragedies. Um, but yeah, and it, I don't know. We became a bit of a... Um, I, I hate to say the word it couple. But we were. <laughs> we were known. And this is also when I discovered that I can pick up other instruments. And because I can read music, it gave me a very good advantage so what did I do? I picked up a guitar because I loved Guns N' Roses at this point. And I picked up this guitar and um, <clears throat> a few months in, maybe maybe a bit longer, maybe a few months to a year, I was competent enough to be in a, a band, a school band, and we all had long hair. And this time I got my hair done properly to look better. <laughs> and we, um, this is what I'd like to call the favourite part of my life. A lot of people don't like high school and uh, secondary school and stuff like that. I adored it. I adored every second of it. Not the learning bit. I didn't like that. Because guess what? I found out I had ADHD as well at that point. So <laughs> that was that was back in the day when they only thought men could have it. <laughs> they didn't think women could get it. <laughs> you know, only boys get ADHD. Naughty boys. And I was a bit of a naughty boy. Um, but yeah, and we were in band and all I focused my time and energy on was my girlfriend and the band and don't, don't, don't get me wrong mate we were just doing cover songs but we were playing in assemblies we were doing Battle of the Bands locally and something happened um, I want to say I left school early at 16 earlier than I should have done <clears throat> and to pursue music man uh, and, and we we did get kind of uh, picked up by this guy. Now his nickname was Jabber. You can ex- <laughs> you can guess how big he was. <laughs> yeah, he was a, he was an absolute alien slug of a man. He loved little boys. Really loved little boys. Not in a that kind of way, but he he liked to mould little boys into little rock and roll stars. Now, Jabba, his real name was Dave. I don't even know where he is nowadays. Probably dead. 
<laughs> he's probably dead. He's probably in hell. Google search Jabba. Uh, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. He did. He got choked out by Princess Leia quite early on. <laughs> but yeah, um, he said, "Oh, guys, we can get you. Um, we can get you some good, some good gigs at some like local festivals and." Uh, do you know when you when when you go to like because closest city to us was Wakefield and that's a city, and we, yeah. we we were doing like summer fests in massive parks, and it got it gave me a really big taste of uh, doing that, playing music, singing, um, just just being as and again it, it was just covers and stuff like uh, uh, one or two original songs in the middle, but they never took off, mate. People booed <laughs> them; they were shite. None of us were songwriters. <laughs> Streets of London. Who <laughs> yeah. oh, like boobies? <laughs> this song's called Boobies. Now, I, 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 I'd, like, I'd like to think I was joking then, but I weren't. We did have a song called Boobies. But anyway, <laughs> I'll try and find the masters for that one. Um, we did, we, we did really, we did really well. Uh, for, for our age, we were getting paid like money at that age. I mean, I know some people get jobs at sixteen and. 17 and stuff like that. I mean, I did have a job when I was a kid. I used to um I used to uh, take hash for my brother to his mate's house back and forth in little bags, little <laughs> bags of hash and he used to give me 50p. That was my first job, drug dealing. Mule. <laughs> yeah, being a mule at such a young age. But this was my proper a proper job which I had tangible money and it was it was a good feeling. And then this is um not we're not on the next chapter yet, but something does happen in this between chapters three and four. This is when the money stopped coming, and we're going to get a bit somber now. This is when the money stopped coming, and um, seventeen, eighteen, I think, yeah, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, around that time. Jabba then said, "I've got no money to give you back. You can have this. This was cocaine. That was the first. It's not that. It's not the." Trust me, it's not the pinnacle of the years of cocaine, but it was the first, I don't know, um, foray into something like, oh. And at first, I used to just sell it, sell it on. So I'm like, I need that money. I've got to impress the girlfriend. <clears throat> but then, the oh dear moment comes. Chapter four. Just keep it in the back of your head that I've seen cocaine at this point. <laughs> now this... This is the oh dear moment. The fuck up. Oh god, listen to him go. My favourite artist of all time is Prince. It took me many years to do to realise that I was allowed to like Prince. I thought I had to be all like tough rock and roll, like rock but no. Prince is the most hard rocking man that ever existed. One of the greatest guitarist ever, one of the greatest musicians ever, one of the greatest songwriters ever. The reason I'm picking this song because it's the oh dear moment. The moment where I really fucked up. So I was in band, we were in bands, we were doing gigs. I cheated on Holly, right? Because I was in a band, we were in a different town, girls were giving us attention, and I just wanted some extra time from a kiss. Do you know what I mean? It happened. I cheated on her. The old dear moment is, I shit myself. What have I done? What is this betrayal? I have to go and fess up. So I did. And she dumped me. 
<laughs> Which she has every right to do. <laughs> what should happen, really? Yeah. And it broke my heart, even though I was to blame. I remember going home to my mum crying. 17-year-old man crying. <laughs> She's left me. Getting at all that. And I learned a valuable lesson that day. That I didn't give a shit after the next day. That was the valuable lesson. I was over it very fast when I realised I'm getting, I'm getting more attention from other people now. And this song was playing the first time I kissed a man. So that happened. That was a very big moment in my life because I don't consider myself a bisexual man. I don't consider myself a straight man either. It's very hard. It's very hard to understand. <laughs> I just consider myself a man. And this song was playing in the background at a club. I was underage when I kissed a man. And I had an awakening. Not a, a gay awakening. An awakening like, I've stopped giving a shit about what anyone cares. Do you know when I was obsessed with being cool and wanting to be with the guys, wanting to be the cool guy, wanting, I don't know, some kind of affirmation for existing. And I stopped giving a shit. And it was a good, oh dear moment. Oh dear, I don't have to play up anymore. And for, for like 18, 19, till about 20, it was just hedonism. <laughs> of the highest calibre. Hedonism, I was sleeping with everything. I was just, anything that would get me hands on. <laughs> Man, woman, or beast. <laughs> and... I became the sex goblin that I'm known as now. <clears throat> it's quite dangerous when you think about it because it was all just promiscuous and nasty and <laughs> just... Ugh, it makes me sick thinking about it nowadays. But this song will always remind me of those those years when you discover your sexuality big style. And I, we've all, we all have that revelation moment in our life where it's like adult time. It's different, isn't it? It's... Mm. <clears throat> Maybe not as much as I did. Like, I it was a bit, but this also leads back to addiction because I got very addicted to um, sex. Like, people don't understand when you've got an addictive personality that you can latch onto anything as an addiction. <clears throat> like, I think it becomes an addiction when it becomes a problem. Like having having lots of sex is not a problem unless it does become a problem and that's all you care about and you're not bothered about hurting anyone else. Mm. You're not bothered about falling out with really, really, really lifelong friends that I now still don't see to this day. Do you know what I mean? For doing mm. stupid, stupid stuff. <clears throat> and at this time, when the dark bits came, when, when I was... Because I never liked being lonely because... Like, my family had grown up, they were leaving my mum. When I was 17, she said, I'm moving back to Wales, where she where she grew up. <clears throat> and she went, are you going to be fine? I'm like, well, I'm 17 now, Mum, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just crash at people's houses, you know what I mean? I wasn't fucking finding. I was in squalors, I was in, like, boarded up houses and stuff like that. Because then we lead on to... Uh, Chapter 5, The Strung Out Years. Oh, 
Right, trigger warning. I got into quite a deep depression at this point. I was quite a um, chunky boy growing up. Like a well-built, well-fed, fed on gravy all my life boy. And then when I discovered my addictions weren't just alcohol, cigarettes, sex, I lost a hell of a lot of weight. And I used to live in squalors, like I said, and the reason being was I used to take heroin, I used to take cocaine, mainly, and speed. Now, <clears throat> doing all that concoction of drugs and stuff like that fucks you up, big style, for the rest of your life. Like, I am fucked for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, I am an addict. I go to programs now in in my what I call my second adult years <clears throat> I've, I've, I'll always be an addict for the rest of my life just because you're not doing things anymore doesn't mean you're not an addict and the strung out years is when the first real traumatic thing happened and I overdosed um, the first time <clears throat> and there was no one around to come and pick me up from the hospital. There was no one that cared at this point. You know what I mean? The, the hedonistic school days were gone. So I was. We'd been in. We'd been in. We'd been in all weekend. Bear in mind, I, I want to. I want you to all understand. I had a job and stuff. I held up a job. I was a. I wasn't on the dole or anything like that. I always worked. Believe it or not, I worked at Alfred's. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I had a, norm, a, a proper dull, normal job in between <clears throat> being in a band, in between going on tours in vans. You know what I mean? I was doing everything at once, but I don't think that was important to, to my life because I don't like talking about the band stuff because there's a lot. There were a big fallout and there was court stuff. It's, it's just it's not 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 fun to talk about. But this also not fun to talk about, but more important. And yeah, I overdosed. And I woke up. I think it's, I think it was two two days later, and I was told I died, and I was resuscitated. That's when I met what people considered to be God the first time. So all I remember, and this is quite hazy now because we're coming up to what 15, 16, 17, nearly 18 years ago now. <clears throat> I felt it was. I thought it was like a dream. So I'm not going to describe what drugs make you feel like, guys, because you don't need to hear that, because I'm not trying to sell them to you. Do your own research. But I felt like I was just strung out. I was just on the drugs. But little did I realise I'm vomiting and having seizures and dying. <clears throat> I met this, in this dream or trip or whatever you want to call it, I met this um, shape, shadow. So no light could escape this shadow. Think like a black hole, but a shape in front of me. And this shape were laughing at me, laughing at me. And I was like, oh, who are you? And without actually speaking to me, it told me that this is what people think God is. I am what you guys think God is. And and this thing, I just sound, sounds like absolute gobbledygook of a, a drug-fueled idiot, but this, I, I think this is truth. <clears throat> this, this being... 
said he found it it found it hilarious that we all think that it's a god. And I was like, what do you mean? Why would you why would you betray people like that? Why would why why would you make people believe? And he went, anyway, you've got to get back to to your life. And that's all I remember that. And it was, do, do you know how weird that sounds like coming out of my, I mean, it's only my wife that knows about a lot of this. <laughs> and we'll meet that character again. <laughs> Trust me. We will meet this. Obviously, like psychiatrists have said, this is all just in my head. You know mm. what I mean? This is all just in my head. I'm subconscious speak, speak but I don't know. It's quite powerful. But yeah, this this entity loved the fact that we thought you were God. And I've I've since that moment I remember that more than a doctor telling me that I'd died. I don't get any trauma from that. Do you know what I mean? Other mm. than oh I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand how serious it is. I understand that. <clears throat> I'm gonna change I'm gonna change. I'm gonna do it. I didn't stop drinking. I didn't stop smoking, but I'll stop doing some of the harder stuff, and I say some because sometimes you slip up. You know what I mean. And then we get to chapter six: <clears throat> escape. Gotta love this song. Oh, I love this one. I had a choice. At this point, pretend to myself that I'd stop doing all this stuff and um, carry on and die. Or leave. Because it's, t- it's, it's the wrong word to call them friends, but people I was hanging around with were leading me astray. They were giving me stuff. <clears throat> I remember walking into work days later. Where have you been? You know what I mean? I've been poorly. I've been poorly. Sorry I didn't ring it. I didn't say I fucking... <laughs> overdosed, you know what I mean? Anyway, I quit. And he went, what do you mean you quit? I went, I quit. He went, oh, whatever. <clears throat> that was a, uh, the day after it was payday. So quite a chunk of money. And I just decided, with a couple of my other friends, the good friends <laughs> that I still kind of had contact with, let's get the fuck out of here. And by that, I mean leave the country. So we did. And this... It's when I saw a lot of beauty in the world. When a couple of lads get touched down at France and decide to walk to China. <laughs> I'm not even making this up. Spoiler alert, we didn't walk to China. <laughs> we got to Germany. <laughs> That's not bad. It's not bad, is it? And then, but we, we, what we wanted to do was get see how far we could get with spending the very least amount of money. Hostels are very fucking cheap. They were cheap back then, and <laughs> visit as many countries as we could. Turns out we we got quite far. Uh, we went to many countries. We had many adventures that I can't reveal on this podcast because it, it'd be a five part epic. But loads of things, loads of things happened. Um, Ended up working in Australia. I know that's, a, that's such a cliche. Eventually, at some point, picking fruit, shaking the trees for the spiders, that kind of thing. Just making ends meet. And I think in total it was three years I was out of Britain. I think roughly. 
So, we was on the last leg, we were in America, of all places. That was the end of our journey. We, I think there were five of us that went, two came home eventually. They didn't die, guys, they stayed over there. <laughs> they stayed over there. Um, but yeah, we uh, last few weeks in America, and um, we get on to... Uh, after this song, anyway, we'll, we'll, get, we'll be getting on to chapter seven. But it was, it was. What, we, what I did notice was I wasn't fully over the addiction because this is where we meet the entity again. <laughs> so in South America, I tried ayahuasca. If you don't know what ayahuasca is, it's a DMT-infused, mind-altering, eight-hour nightmare death trip. <laughs> Um, it's a controlled substance, obviously, and you have to sit with a shaman to do it. And I took the ayahuasca and I met the entity again. The entity laughing again. It's been years since I last saw you. But bear in mind, he's saying this without speaking to me, without words, mm. into my into my mind. You still think I'm God, don't you? You still think I'm God? I was like, no, 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 I don't think you're God. I think you're a fucking dick. I think you're the devil, that kind of thing. And um, <clears throat> it, it, it gave me this um, piece of advice that I'll always remember. And, then, and I, again, it's probably my brain giving me this piece of advice. It told me to slow down. So it's fucking slow down, man. You're running at 128 miles per hour all the time. You're, you're just burning yourself out. Look how skinny you are now. Look how skinny you've got. You're not eating. You're just constantly plodding along. And I mean, I've got ADHD, so that's going to be the thing. I'm like, fucking rapid me, mate. But it told me to slow down. I went, all right, all right, fucking hell. And then it, I remember the last thing it said to me went, don't forget, don't miss the bucket. And then I woke up, throwing up, because that's what happens when you're ayahuasca, you throw it all back up. Because it's poison, man. It's poison. And I'll always remember that. Slow down. Slow the fuck down. I'm still trying to slow down, mate. I'm still, I'm still fucking trying my hardest. How do you? How are you so docile and just relaxed and calm? I just can't. Do I've it. just always been like this. Have you? <laughs> the complete yeah. opposite I, of me. I, I, I do have ADHD to a certain extent. Yeah, my brain's constantly moving, but my your body can't be bothered. Maybe it's because you've hit yeah. the mat too many times. <laughs> It's been knocked out. Possibly, yeah. Possibly. Two of concussions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, um, the last leg, anyway. Um, we'll move on to uh, chapter seven. Meeting her. Step base. The reason I'm picking this song is because the chapter is called Meeting Her. And guess what was playing when I was meeting her? This song. Last leg of his journey in America, Michigan of all places. We're going to fly out of uh, Chicago O'Hare to go back to Britain. A few days earlier, <clears throat> the last pal went, let's just go in here for a drink. No, no, no I'm, not, I'm not going in there. It looks shite. This bar looks Terrible. Looks like a hick bar. You know what I mean? Yeehaw! Let's go. Guns, guns, guns. <clears throat> no, no. And he dragged me in. 
walked in, had a few cigs, because you could smoke in bars then, guys. God, what a time. What a time to be alive. And this song came on, <clears throat> and one of the uh, the bar staff brought us his drinks, and I clocked eyes with this bar staff, this member of staff, and the most beautiful pint-sized princess was stood there with my drink in her hand and passing it down at me. And she went, oh, wow, you two Australian, in an American accent. (laughs) (laughs) So I went, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I mean, we were quite tanned at this point. It was rare for me to be tanned, but we'd been in South America and stuff like that. And yeah, 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 of course. And she kept us drinks and and I just kept looking across like, Look at her, and my mate's like, Yeah, what about her? I'm like, Look at her. Do you know when you just know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, Fuck. In my head, I'm like, Fuck. And he had to tap into the old me. I proper had to tap into it and just got up to her and do what I did in, in assembly. That time when I was younger, and I went up to Holly and went, Do you want a boyfriend? <clears throat> now, <laughs> I walked up to this pint sized princess. And I went, do you want the boyfriend? You know when your voice breaks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. And um, she went, oh, no. <laughs> too much to fuck off. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. And um, we just carried on drinking that night. And as we left, she put a number on the table. She put a five, 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 or whatever a fucking number one at that time. And I gave her a little smile on a wave when we left. <clears throat> and that was it for them. We got home. We got home and everything like that. Started messaging um, this number. It's me, the Australian. <laughs> <laughs> you left me a number. Blah, 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 blah. She was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, God, it's been a few weeks. I didn't think you'd message me and stuff like that. Bear in mind, I was using a website at this point that gave you free SMS text to abroad. <laughs> oh, technology. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I, I weren't paying roaming fees. <laughs> I managed to get back in, back, back into England and get a little council flat and stuff like that. It was nice. It was good. And um, <clears throat> messages were back and forth, messages back and forth. This was going on for, um, God, what seemed to be about a year. I was seeing another girl that was still messaging this, this pine-sized princess. Do you know what I mean? I've not done anything. I'm not doing anything wrong. We weren't sexting. We were just chatting, just like adults chat. <clears throat> and one day she said, um, my, dad's, my dad's Scottish, that's what she said, and I'm coming over to see him. He's, he was in uh, Glasgow, of all places. I went, oh, Glasgow, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, I had to admit I weren't Australian. <laughs> How long did that take? Oh, about six months. <laughs> <laughs> so she knew I lived in England and stuff. And I went, "All oh, right, okay, I, I can make, I can make it to, uh, I can make it to Glasgow. We'll catch up. We we'll say hello. You know what I mean? I come with boys." And she went, "No, don't come with anyone else. Just come yourself." I went up to meet her. Bear in mind, I had, I had another girlfriend. And mate. May, 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 what do you think happened? What do you think happened when we met up? The naughties happened. Did you cheat again? Yeah. 
But what I did was, <laughs> I did, after, after I'd done what I'd done, I rang the girlfriend and went, I want you to get out of the flat with your dumped. <laughs> <laughs> you dumped. And she went, all right, no bother. I thought we were going to get loads of hell from it, but she wasn't bothered. <laughs> she, went, she went, like, no worries. No worries. Bear in mind, we were we were kind of using drugs again a little bit, so it was a bit of a, bit of a tumultuous relationship. But yeah, I just spoke my mind and I told every, this, this, this pint-sized princess everything. I told her everything about my life. I told her who I was. I told her that I'd been strung out a few years earlier and I'd travelled and blah, blah, blah. And she never... She never fucking judged me, Dean. She never judged me. And she just used to say, you can cry, you know, you can cry. I'm like, nah, 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 I'm not crying. And she, she would just... And this all happened in, like, a weekend. And I said I said it in that weekend. I went, what, when are you going back? She went, well, I'm a dual national. I can go back and forth whenever I want. I can, you know what I mean? She, can, she, could, she could stay. I went, come back to my flat. It's free now. <laughs> it's empty. <laughs> You hope. <laughs> oh yeah, oh mate, down on train. I was shitting myself. I'm like, what if she's still in this book? Um, she came. She came to my flat, and 15 years later, she's still not gone back. I ended up marrying her. I ended up marrying this person. Um, she gave me children as well. She didn't pass me some children. She let me create children with her I've got two kids <laughs> with this pint-sized princess now um, it's not as romantic as you think it was, it was quite difficult at first because she I didn't realise she was also escaping like I escaped previously do you know what I mean mm. so she was having a really her mental health of fucking through the roof like fucking Jesus and she's someone that struggles with post-traumatic stress disorder she um she was sexually abused when she was a child. So there were barriers there already in his life that I realised <clears throat> this is why we work, because we're both fucked. We are both absolutely fucked. But um, we, we, we got pregnant. We got pregnant um, quite early on together, and, and we lost that one. Um not as hard as how some people take that because it was quite early on. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Before she had to have any surgery or she had to pass um, the baby and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it crushed her. Absolutely. It's her body, isn't it? You know what I mean? And I'm mm. not saying I weren't, I weren't sad or anything. I was, but <clears throat> I was like, let's try, let's try again. And that's what made us plan for my first, Zachary. He's now 10 years old. Um, it's the most scariest part of my life, that bit. Because when she was pregnant, all I did was worry. I mean, a lot of dads were the same. All I did was worry. And this will lead us into the next chapter. This is my all-time favourite song. If you like lyrics, guys, it's not a song for you. Because <laughs> there are none. This is Igioni 
by Ludovico Ionaudi, my favourite pianist of all time. And this is quite a... Uh, it's weird that the saddest part of my life is at present day. So, <clears throat> as I was saying, I was really, really scared of when uh, Zachary was uh, in uh, in the womb. I was just panicking. Every time I got a phone call, I was like, oh, something bad's happened. But then he came. He turned up. And this pint-sized princess... By the way, her name's Maddie. <laughs> it's just my nickname for her. She's tiny. And um, I remember the midwife passing Zachary to me. And looking at him. And him looking at me. And I lied to my son. First day I met, I met him. I said, I'm going to get clean. I'm going to do this for you. And I fucking lied to him, Dean. Without realising I'd lied to him. So, for like a year I weren't lying. I did really well. I weren't drinking booze. I was still smoking six. I never stopped that. But I weren't taking drugs. And... She had bad postnatal depression. Quite bad. So, I'm not going to say I was single man in it, because I weren't. But I had to quit work to look after my son. And I was getting stressed. Really fucking stressed. And I think it was a couple of weeks after his first birthday, an old pal that I used to sit in squalors with, by the way, I'd bought my own house and stuff, but in between all this, I was an adult. Do you know what I mean? And he went, oh, we're having a catch-up, we're having a party at, at someone's house. I went, oh, yeah, I'll come. I'm stressed. And I used. So I lied to my fucking son, man. It kills me. It kills me because I didn't react very well to it. I didn't overdose, but I didn't react very well to it. I couldn't go home and pretend at this point, you know what I mean? Mm. And she was so disappointed in me. So fucking disappointed in me. And I went to rehab. Free rehab. And free rehab's not the rehab you see on fucking <laughs> movies and stuff. <laughs> it's shit. It's shit. They take everything off you. you God, it's awful. And you get a counsellor and stuff. And I've had the same counsellor ever since. And he's good. He's a good man. He understands. <clears throat> but I got out of there. And I was clean for a long, long time. Uh, three years after that, Scarlett was born. My daughter. I always wanted a little girl. And I remember picking her up. remember being passed to me by midwife. And looking into her. And I lied to her again, Dean. Fucking lied to her again, didn't I? I'm going to be good, I'm going to be good, I'm going to be clean, I'm going to be clean. And I was clean. For seven years. On and off. I I weren't strung out. I dabbled here, there and everywhere. You know what I mean? But I weren't strung out. I weren't bad. Until this year. 2023. When I overdosed again. Now, 
the lads and and uh, Candy and the podcast know about this now, but they no one else did. I was off the show for a few weeks. You can look back, I was gone. And I lied to everyone, I didn't tell them what, I would just tell them more poorly. But I'm not. I'm having it really, I, I, I've been having it really tough this year. I ain't got like COVID, PTSD or anything like that. It's just been really fucking tough financially and stuff like that, you know what I mean? It's been a fucking cost of living, man. It's affecting people differently, innit? Hmm. And for us, it's just, phew, kids are older, man. I've got a teenager coming up to being a teenager and I can't, we couldn't afford stuff and I, I've got the best job I've ever had in my life. I'm making most money I've ever had in my life. And I slipped up and it fucking cost me everything. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm still with my wife and stuff, but it cost respect. And when your son that's nearly a teenager visits you in hospital and you've got tubes sticking out your nose, mate, that's not fucking good. That's awful. And your daughter's saying, why don't you just come home? She doesn't know. I want to come home, I'll come home, don't worry, I'm coming home. And that's, when you when your kids are stood there seeing you in that state, that's when you turn around and say, this is it. I have to stop everything. I have to stop the, the lot. And we're three months in. And I'm trying. It's fucking hard, mate. You don't think, do you? Um, not for you in a bit now. We've come up to two years. This is the first time I've quit the drinking as well. It's tough, mate. It's mm. really, really tough. Everyone's out and drinking. And you know what I've noticed now? No one invites me anywhere. <laughs> What's biting him coming to drink pop? What's <laughs> biting him coming to have a coffee? And I think you've got to make those social sacrifices. I met my close friends. They understand. They'll invite me to the garden pies and stuff. And I have my blue Guinness and stuff like that. <laughs> but it's not the fucking same, mate. But I can't let them see see me like that again. Mm. They're not children anymore. They're becoming... Teenagers, you know what I mean? My daughter's eight, seven, eight. He's really, he's at high school himself next year. And I always vowed that because I didn't have that dad, I've had stepdads and stuff, that I'll never, like, not be there for my kids. And I've never, they've never gone without anything, my kids. But if I'm gone because of stupid, my stupid brain, then I've betrayed them. Not just lied, betrayed. And I think that's. I've had this massive talk to myself, and this is why I picked this song, because it's bittersweet, it's really sad, but the last like uh, stanza of it is really uplifting. It's like there's some there's hope, there's light there at the end, and I hope I never have to meet this entity again, laughing at me, mocking me all the time. And since then, I've I've like God, because my counselor and stuff, Robert. He's taught me how to meditate, how to achieve these out-of-body experiences without the use of chemicals and stuff like that. Because sobriety was so hard, man. And I'm on good good medication for my ADHD now for the first time in my fucking life. I'm putting weight back on for the first time in my life. You know what I mean? Mm. I just... 
Yeah, he's. But I'm I'm lucky in a way that since the pandemic and stuff, we started the podcast Modern Escapism, and now I've got four other people that I can really, really, really speak to that they have never judged me once. Do you know when I say Gadget and Biggie and Candy and Stig, if I say to them, I'm not coming on today, I'm not well, even if I'm genuinely just not well, they'll private message me, what's happened? Are you okay? Thinking that I've, I've gone mm. too far. And I'm like, no, no, I've just got shits. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've got diarrhea, mate. I'm not coming on. And, and as much as it's like, oh, God, leave me alone. That's the most beautiful thing ever. These fucking strangers. Not strangers to me now, but that's the type of people I should have surrounded myself with originally. Mm. But I didn't have that. I didn't have. I just had council estate people. I just had bad people. And I think it's going to be... I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I think it's going to be easier this time because we've got each other, haven't we? Mm. And I think it's really fucking powerful. And I know you're not supposed to end these things on a really sad note, but I want people to understand that I'm struggling. And if any of you guys listening to this are struggling, especially with addiction, talk to me. I'm a fucking expert. (laughs) I'll sniff fucking glue if it's near me. I'm terrible, mate. I am terrible. But I'm doing really good. And three months, and this is the first time three months without anything. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm, I'm vaping, mate. It's zero milligram nicotine. I'm just vaping. I know it seems pointless, but fuck it. You know what I mean? The only drug that's going in me is caffeine and sugar. But I've got to have something, Anna. Yeah. That's kind of what I've gone to. Just sugar, caffeine. You put on weight. It's like I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather. More worries. Yeah, I'd rather be. I mean, I, I could do with putting weight on. To be fair, mate. I was like at my skinniest. I was like twenty nine years old at seven stone. Mm. I'm six foot two, uh, just under six foot two. <laughs> I'm not small. I'm not short. You shouldn't be. And now I'm like eleven stone, and I'm I'm chuffed to bits with that. I'm really chuffed to bits with that, but uh, yeah, man, it's just I've had to like not watch porn either and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? I've had to just do. I've had to do the full thing, mate. (laughs) Full detox. Yeah, you Um, deserve that sugar. I know, man. I need that sugar. (laughs) But yeah, um, Ludovico Iannaudi is because I've I've put a lot of my um, my addictions and my my obsessions into playing my piano again and creating podcasts and we've got this community and modern escapism you're you're a member of it mm. and as as much as i'd love to reply to every single person that posts in there that they're having a bad time i can't i can't be there at all, all times but there's always someone there to speak to and i really want people to if they get anything from this other than i'm an annoying little fuck i want them to understand that don't struggle on your own man with anything Depression, addiction, loss. We've all been there. And speak. Because it's just its not worth it. Again, I tried not to. I tried to live up to the first song, Boys Don't Cry, but I was nearly, and you nearly had me then, mate. You really nearly had me. But yeah. Yeah. No, with that stuff, there's no cure for it. It's always going to be there. Addiction is yeah. always going to be there. There's always going to be a fight for it. 
People say it all the time to me, yeah. like there's, there's, when when we do icebergs and stuff. I'll be like, "Help, I'm I'm Kenny and I'm an addict," and they're like, "Whoa, they think you're a user." There's a difference, mm. isn't there? Now, mm. now I am I am an addict, and I will be an addict to the day I die. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm not a drug addict. I'm not a user. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm someone that will latch onto anything and turn it into a, a bad thing, and. I've got to live with that forever. Games, for fuck's sake. I'm playing games all the time, but at least there's substance to it. At least when mm. I'm watching films and, and binging TV shows, there's something, or smashing through books all the time, at least there's substance to it, and it's not going to kill me. Yeah. It's going to leave you with chews up your nose. and Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like... I think it'd been. It sounds awful, but it'd have been different if my kids were younger and they didn't know. But they're going to remember that forever now. Mm. And I've been open and honest to them. Told them why. I've not lied. I've told them why, and they're like, "Oh." And I don't think my daughter fully understands yet. She's too young, but my son knows. He gets it. And I'm ashamed, and I think I, I think I've earned that that right to be ashamed of myself. But I've also earned the right of being proud of myself for trying. I'm trying hardest I've ever tried now, mate. <laughs> Fuck. I've got to. I've got so many eyes and ears on me now. <laughs> when I've put it out there into the into the world, I'm not alone. And yeah, that's that's my story in a nutshell, really, mate. That's my film. It's it's, it's a bit of it's a bit of a um, it's a bit of a sad ending, but it's a real ending. And you it's, bring it's, it up with a post credit sequence. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's, maybe here's it's the song beginning. boobies. <laughs> no, you're not having it. You're not having it. I'm not giving you boobies. Oh no, no, no way, no way on earth. <laughs> that was give just misogynism. <laughs> if I can find it, I'll give it. Then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's all it was. We, we were proper riffing off Blink One Eight Two, <laughs> and that kind of that kind of ilk. But yeah, Ace. Maybe maybe this. It's an ending to a new beginning, isn't it? Let's see hmm. how. I don't want to. I don't want to die for that reason. I want to die old and fucking grumpy, <laughs> <laughs> really grumpy. No, it weren't like that back in my day. That's what I want to die. Hmm. There you go. It's a nice story, brother. Okay, thank you for coming on and sharing everything. Mm. I'm sure you'll get into heaven, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're all yeah, going see there, that really, entity again, just laughing at me. I just pimp slap him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I never want to meet him again. I'd like to take the time to thank Oodles for coming on and sharing his story. And please, everyone, head on over to modernescapism.co.uk to find all the links to join their wonderful Discord community. It really is one of the nicest places on the internet. To see more of my work, check out totalcultzone.com. All the links to whatever social medias I'm using are on there, as well as all the other projects and things I've got going on. That's totalcultzone.com. And if you want to rate and review this award-winning show on whatever podcatching software you use, that'd be nice. It's all appreciated, and you never know. I may even see it at some point. See you in two weeks for more tales about being dead.